hospitality and kindness. I will say that the privilege of invitation is only superseded by the challenge of responsibility. There is a great responsibility in standing in this pulpit tonight and preaching the word of the Lord. I thank all of you for your kindness and your encouragement. There's nothing like the wonderful body of Christ. I thank God tonight for the church. I would ask you to open your Bibles with me. Give honor to your district superintendent. Appreciate Brother Mooney and the wonderful spirit that he brings to every occasion in which he is involved. And uh, the delightfulness of his character. And uh, it's a joy just to be able to be around these wonderful men of God. I should not have to say it, but let me just say it anyway. I think you're fully aware. If you're not, let me reaffirm. The United Pentecostal Church has the greatest preachers in the world. And we thank God for our ministry that leads us and directs us in the wonderful things of God. Opening your Bibles with me tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And as you are locating 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to say that I'm going to do something tonight that I have never done in my life. I have often been very comfortable preaching to young preachers, and that's been a joy of my life. But I felt the Spirit prick my conscience and my mind and bring an alertness to me that I had not even considered until just prior to service tonight. A dimension of revival for the Mid-America Revival Conference that perhaps we have not given adequate attention to. And so tonight, I feel of the Lord with your kind consent, tolerance, to dedicate the message to every minister and his wife that are over 40 years of age. We go to conferences and we preach to the young people. And we preach to the young preachers. But I felt the Lord enlighten me to this afternoon that the revival for mid-America can be reignited in the seasoned ministers that pastor your churches. I assume a great challenge tonight, and I need your help, and I ask you to help me preach the word of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples that are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. That is an awesome verse of Scripture. The entirety of God's dealing was just to be an in sample 
and to be an admonition for the end. Everybody say the end. Then I'd like to direct you to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 26. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 26. Would you read it loud with me, please? Ephesians chapter 4, 26. Everybody ready? Let's read. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Here we are, the conclusion of Mark 2000. Final message, final service. I want to preach to all of us tonight on this thought. Is this the way you want it to end? Is this the way? You want it to end. And again, I say I dedicate the heart of the message to all of our ministers and their wives tonight that are 40 and above. And I ask you, as I view a lot, an unusually lot of gray hair where there is hair, And the marks of age in this conference is more than normal. This is not a young meeting extracting the Bible college. I just don't believe God's through with you yet. My goal and my ambition tonight is to relight and reignite and re-excite the original flame of your mission and message in these closing hours of time. I'm preaching about revival, rapture, retirement. Whichever one comes first. Is this the way you want it to end? Turn around two or three folks and ask them if this is it. Is this the way you want it to end? And everybody shouted in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. I am preaching tonight about relationships. I am preaching tonight about your marriage. I'm preaching about your ministry. Your individual call of God. Your personal work 
for God. Your individual walk with God. Your pastorate. Your revival. Your vision. Your aspiration. Your dream. Your goals. And even your life. Is this the way you want it to end? Reading through the Bible with the bread program of our church here some time back, I noticed an unusual definitive characteristic of Joshua. The Bible said he died and they buried him in the border of his inheritance. Buried in the border of his inheritance. I don't believe that was the entry level border. When they buried Joshua, he had accomplished and he had reached every area of God's heritage for him. And he was buried on the other side, bumping against what belonged to somebody else. I want to ask you tonight, is this the way you want it to end? I came to Mark 2000 with this feeling. It can't end this way. When we heard the prophetical word of the Lord this afternoon, we've got to know the rapture is imminent. When we talk about the ministry, and some have alluded to it in the meeting, the fact that uh, uh, the age marks are showing, and it's time some of us were awakened to realize we are not getting younger. One guy said, so many of my friends have gotten so old, fat, bald-headed, and wrinkled, they don't recognize me anymore. When I came to Mark last year, Brother Mooney said, Surely that's not Brother Huntley sitting back there. That's got to be an older Brother Huntley. I don't mean to abruptly shock you tonight, but I am now 50 years old. And I am now a grandfather. And I am not ready for my ministry my dreams, my goals, my ambitions to end tonight. I have not yet preached my best message. I have not seen my greatest revival. I have not been in my best service. It cannot end this way. So that's why I came to Mark tonight not just to hear another service but i come needing a fresh inspiration i need a fresh anointing i need a brand new revelation i need direction hey if that's not what these meetings are all about let's turn the lights out shut the pa down and let's go home but i believe there's something yet in this atmosphere that can revolutionize your ministry that can touch you a brand new and send you home on fire for god 
I want Jesus to come. But on the other hand, I believe there's more revival for Raleigh. My church is not as large as I want it to be. Our building is not as full as I want it to be. We have not seen the soul saved. I'm not ready to quit yet. Some of you have turned in your resignation. I'm trying to draw you out of retirement and get you back into the field of action. There's nothing more miserable than a man that retires to her. Hello. It must not end this way. In Mark chapter 14 and verse 1, the Bible exposes us to a shocking, startling series of events of contradiction and contrast. All of them, I feel, are the products of the pressure of the end. And that's where we are tonight. We are feeling the pressure of the end. Can I get a witness tonight? And Calvary was looming near. And under that pressure, it brought out the best in Mary. She broke that alabaster box and poured it out on Jesus. But that seemed to trigger something in Judas. Because what brought out her best brought out his worst. And when the end comes, it will expose our best or it will expose our worst. Because what Mary called worship, Judas called waste. And that's why we are shocked on one, high, one side by the horrible reports of ghastly things that are happening. While on the other hand, marvelous miracles of revival are taking place. It's the pressure of the end. Mary felt like it's time for something to break. It's time for something to be poured on. I want to tell you tonight, before it will be poured out, something's got to be poured on. It cannot be any longer business as usual. Judah said it's waste and Mary said it's worship. It's time for us Pentecostals to determine what you do for Jesus. Is it waste or is it worship? I want to tell you, anything dedicated to Him is never wasted. Anything poured on Him, He's worthy of it all. Now I want you to note with me, 
it was not what she did that bothered Judas. It's how much. Two ounces would have been all right for Judas. Four ounces might have been all right for Judas. Six ounces made good sense to him. But to point all out was ridiculous to him. It's not what we do. It's how much we do. Oh, there's a lot of modern-day apostolic Pentecostals. They want a little hand clap for Jesus, a little two-step every once in a while. But the pressure of the end dictates somebody needs to point out. Somebody needs to point out. We don't need a charismatic two-step. We need a shaking of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. It's time to go back to sweating in church. It's time to go back to dancing in church. It's time to go back to screaming in church. It's time to go back to worshiping God in all fashion. Apostolic worship. This thing started in the fire and it must not end in the smoke. You may be seated. I'm going to meddle just a minute and I'll try to get back to preaching. But I want to tell some folks here tonight, 40 and over, you didn't start out like you are tonight. I said you didn't start out like you are tonight. Year by year, day by day, there's been an evolving of the fire of the Spirit. There's been a diluting of the fire of the Holy Ghost. The greatest thing we can do for our young preachers as older ministers is keep the fire burning. Quit counting on the young people to worship God. If you can get an arthritic hand up, put it in the air. It's not time to retire. It's time to refire in mid-America. I have used this several places. When I used to preach youth camps, I used to use this. May I borrow it tonight? The reason there's so many teenage icicles is because our pews are full of momsicles and popsicles. There was a day you 40 and over were Rice Krispie Saints. You were snapping, you were crackling, and you were popping. But you come to Mark now and lay in the bottom of the bowl and soak up the milk. If I could preach to men America tonight, your revival's not in the young preacher. Your revival is in the refiring of the 40 and over. It cannot end this way. 
I refuse to start out a lion and end up a mouse. I refuse to start out a volcano and end up a drip. I refuse to start out an all-star and end up a bench warmer. Are you satisfied to draw your Holy Ghost Social Security? Or are you ready to come out of those pews and say it's not over yet? It's not over yet. It's not over. I'm not going to let it end this way. Jesus' last visit to Jerusalem on his way to Calvary was characterized by two outstanding characters. One was Zacchaeus and the other was Bartimaeus. It was his last time to come through the city. And the two men that are mentioned in Scripture, one of them was short and felt like he needed to get higher because it was the last time. It was the end. The other one was blind and felt like I need to see. The last two men that Jesus worked for as he came through Jerusalem was a Zacchaeus that was climbing and a Bartimaeus that was crying. Refusing to let it end this way. What I'm saying is we need our older ministers to get the desperation back. We need our older ministers to get the fire back. We need our older ministers to get the zeal back. We need, come on somebody. It's time for you preachers to recognize we're not going to sit down. It's documented in history. Years ago, a soccer match was taking place. Final seconds were ticking off the clock. A player on the field with adrenaline pumping, thrilled about the competitiveness of his team, with a deep disregard for the rules of soccer. Final seconds clicking, wanting to win the game. Caught the ball in violation of the rules and began to run down the field knocking the opposition down, weaving through the crowds to no avail as far as that game was concerned because he violated the rules. But the crowd came to their feet and loved it and cheered as he disregarded the rules with only one thing in mind, getting the ball across the line. And history bears out a brand new game was born called rugby. And in opposition to soccer, in rugby, you can catch the ball. And you can run with the ball. But a guy saw the clock ticking down. And he said, I, I know what the rules are. But I want to win. And it can't end this way. I, I know I'm, I'm over 40 and I should settle down. But you haven't looked at the clock. I 
I know it should be the young man doing the shouting, but the clock's running down now, and I don't care what the rules are. I want to win. I'm praying that before I get through preaching tonight, I can light a fire under somebody that's over 40 years old, a preacher's wife and a preacher who have decided you're going to ride it on out. You got your social security, you got a little retirement, you got a little house, and you got a nice little setup. But it needs to be more than that. Are you in your dream tonight? Are you going to let it end without your dream being fulfilled? My Lord, help us here tonight, Jesus. I am breaking into some difficult areas tonight. Strongholds of the enemy. But I want to tell you something. When that angel gave that annunciation that a miracle child would be born. There was two messages. One was to the Virgin Mary that she would bring forth the Christ child. The other one was to her cousin, Baron Elizabeth, who was married, but barren, who was exposed, but never conceived. The last day revival will not just be the virgin territory of home missions. The merry areas of our America. But God wants to visit the Elizabeth ministries. The Elizabeth churches that are old and been married for years, but you've never known the joy of bouncing babies in your altars. You've never known the joy of new converts praying through. The angel said, Mary will have a boy. And the good news to the Mid-America Revival Conference is, the old baron is going to begin to break forth in Holy Ghost Revival. I wish somebody would jump up and say, I'm over 40, but I want it. I'm 45, but I want it. I may be 50, but I want it. I may be 55, but I want it. Somebody needs to come out of those pews screaming. I won't let it in like this. You're not going to put me in a grave without a revival. You're not going to put me in a rest home without a revival. You're not going to put me on Social Security without a revival. I'm not going to lay my Bible down without a miracle. I'm not going to quit this preaching business until God does what He's promised.
the Holy Ghost whispered to me as I entered this sanctuary tonight, a revival for this region is not in youth. Not now. There's still a revival for the gray heads. If they're not willing to let it in this way. John, according to history, was boiled in oil and banished on Patmos. You might say he was burnt and banished. I preach tonight to some preachers who are burnt and feel banished. But John said, it came in this way. And I, John, wasn't sucking my thumb at Mark Conference crying because I'm 55. I, John, wasn't 55 years old and mad at the organization because nobody calls me to preach anymore. But I, John, wasn't going to let it in that way. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. It's time to get over your burnt condition and feeling banished and get in the Holy Ghost. I see the same thing happening tonight in this church that happened to John. The old vultures were flying around, waiting on him. Just waiting on him. But there's one thing about vultures. They can't handle what's living. All they can handle is what's dead. I want to challenge somebody here tonight to do what the devil can't do. The devil fail and cannot get up. I said, the devil fail, but there's no way for him to get up. You may feel like a failure tonight. You may feel like you, you lost your dream tonight. But what you need to say is, rejoice not against me, oh mine enemy. For when I fall, it's not going to end that way. When I fall, it's not going to end that way. But I shall arise. 
I'd like for some preacher to jump up and say, Devil, you haven't seen the last of me. Devil, you haven't seen the last of me. I may be over 40, but me and you aren't through. Shout all you want to. But it's something when those over 40 shout. Because most of you young guys ain't never been hit yet. It's one thing to dance when you've never been hit. You've never had folks that love you walk off from you and gossip about you. You've never had folks to lie about you. You've never had folks to attack your kids. But thank God for some folks that are over 40 that come back when the enemy comes against them they refuse to let it end that way you guys at over 40 y'all gonna sit there and watch me tonight are you gonna come out of there and say devil you and i got one more fight buddy you and i got one more round you haven't seen the last of me yet pal there he is there he goes that's what i'm talking about there she is i'm saying men america will have a revival when the gray hairs decide it's not going to end this way. under 40 lift your hands and pray for everybody over 40 God wants to revisit mid-America quit using your age for a cop-out You don't have to be petrified to be dignified. You don't have to be cold because you're old. God bless you, Brother Cawthart. That's why your church is in revival. 
God bless you, my brother. The spirit of Caleb. I want my mountain. I want my mountain. I think some pastor over 40 ought to get his wife by the hand, step out in that aisle and say, Sugar Bunch, it ain't over where we are. You hear me? It ain't over here, devil. You might as well get your vultures off of my porch. You might as well quit circling me. There's still fire here. There's still fire here. And we're still alive. They haven't closed that lid yet. They haven't shut that lid yet. And as long as I've got breath, I'm going to have revival. Everybody under 40 pray. This could be the revival mid-America has been waiting on. This could be the breakthrough right here. devil's been lying to you telling you it's passed you by I say in the name of Jesus it has not passed you by it is not over don't let it end this way You don't need to resign your church. You need another touch of the Holy Ghost. You don't need a resignation. You need a revival. Hear me tonight. Stay right where you are. There should be more than this out here. So I can't quit preaching right now. Listen to me, folks. 
the rules of drama and the principle of life is this. Entrances are brief, but exits are eternal. It's not how you come into this. It's how you go out of this. We must not come in shouting and go out pouting. We must not come in glad and go out mad. Stay right where you are, folks. Every pastor and his wife that's over 40, come down here. I'm going to ask you to come down here. I have never done this in my ministry. I felt this in the Holy Ghost this afternoon. I told you, God seemed to speak to me that in mid-America, your revival is not going to come through youth. It's going to come through our seasoned ministers getting back what they've let the devil steal. What many of you are battling in the spirit is what happens in the flesh. You have become not only physical grandparents, you have become spiritual grandparents. And what do you mean by that? I mean, our churches are amazed sometimes. Like our, our children are amazed at the difference of our response to our children 
and our grandchildren. Bill Cosby said he asked his dad and mom one time, why is it that the things I used to get beat to death over, you let the grandkids go? He said, then I got a revelation that grandparents are just old people trying to get into heaven. My application is this. You are putting up with stuff in your church now. Fifteen years ago would have driven you nuts. You are letting people get by now with stuff 15 years ago. You have shut that music down. You would have said, no way we're going to have church over this trash. But when you become a grandparent, it's like, well, it's not all that bad. And at least the darlings are here. But that's why that's all you've got is darlings showing up. And nothing going on. It's because you've petted them and petted them. Welcome to the first half of today's message. You may now turn the cassette over.
For the things of God aren't understood by the mind. And loved them in your relaxed condition. I would to God that we that are over 40 could get that fire back and go back to that pulpit and say, this is the way it's going to be, folks. It's revival or nothing. It's Holy Ghost or nothing. We're not going to be satisfied with complacency and mediocrity. If you will stand, I will stand with you. If you will cry, I will hear. If you will contend, I will give you victory. Your dreams are not dead. They only sleep. But I have come to awaken them tonight. I have come to alert them tonight. And you will once again feel the passion of my call and the burden of my ministry and the fire of my anointing if once again you will stand before me, saith the Lord. Here we go again. I've never done this. And so I will be careful how I do it. But I feel this so strongly. Just position yourself first of all. And then I will give you instructions as to what to do. For every minister that's here that's over 40, I want a young minister under 40 to come stand beside him. For every minister over 40 down here, I want a minister under 40 to come stand by, beside him. For every pastor's wife or minister's wife that's here that's over 40, I want a young lady to come and stand beside her. 
quickly. was hold up the hands of Moses. Young preachers, don't get the idea that these men stand between you and your revival. God will bring you revival as you hold their hands up. I don't want you young men to lay your hands on the heads of these elders because that would be out of order. But I want you to lay your hand on their shoulder. You ladies, lay your hands on the shoulders of these older women. And before we pray, hear the word of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne High and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. One cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Notice. The whole earth was full of his glory. But the Bible said in verse number 4, And the post or the pillars of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. The glory that was on the outside filled the inside. With holy smoke, when the pillars of the church moved at his word. I am challenging the pillars of the temple tonight. The elders who have held this thing up. The post of the church. But the Bible said when they started moving, the smoke filled the house. If we can pray tonight and the Holy Ghost can move these pillars. If the Holy Ghost can move these foundational leaders, if the Holy Ghost can move what our church is built on, the smoke is fixing to fill this temple. Young people, pray right now. Elders, lift your hands.
Calvary. Preacher over 40, lift your voice and shout. It came in this way. It came in this way. I won't let it in this way. My ministry's not over. My revival is not over. My church is not through growing. My dreams are not dead. Throw your hands up and shout. It came in this way.
One more thing. Joshua had the Amorites in the ropes. And suddenly he noticed the sun was going down. But he hadn't won total victory yet. And the enemy was about to get away under the cloak of night. And Joshua, in the sight of all Israel, said, It can't end this way. Son, stand still. I hadn't had all of those Amorites I want yet. Stay where you are. I gotta have a little more victory. I haven't had all the victory I want yet. I haven't had all the revival I want yet. Son, you stand still. And God stopped the universe. So a man could finish his victory. One of the greatest preachers in Pentecost recently suffered a stroke. He's one of my heroes. I happened to be in Houston preaching. I told my friend who was driving me, let's go pray with Brother Foss. He suffered a stroke. One of the greatest camp-meeting preachers to ever take the pulpit. The whole time we were there, Brother Marler, he never talked about getting well or his health. All he talked about is, I want to preach again. Surely God will let me preach again. Somebody said we should preach as a dying man to dying men. This the way you want it to end. Now, I want all these ministers that are here that over 40, minister with a minister. Young people, you can vanish to the back and continue to pray. Minister to minister, minister's wife to minister's wife. And I want us to pray one for another. It can't end like this. I refuse to let it end like this. I'm preaching to men who've been at it for a while. I'm preaching to men who long in this gospel work. And that's why I move so reluctantly.
respect you, my brother. I'm only trying to challenge you. God's not through with your ministry. Lift your hands and say, God, give me a brand new touch. Preacher, play with preacher. Preacher's wife, play with preacher's wife. I want to see some gray heads moved of the Holy Ghost. Refire, rekindle, renew.